Welcome to the Halloween episode of Movie Bomb Squad. I am your host, Mexican Dracula, <laughs> also known as the Yog Sotot. With me today is another, the Mr. Delicious, now I'm Italian Dracula, hey! <laughs> no more voices from me. Okay, Mr. Delicious from Oregon, introduce yourself. How's it going, everybody? Mr. Delicious here, ready to have a hauntingly good time. <laughs> and Man of Action. Man of Action's back, and that's it. That's all you get from me. That's my intro. I'm here. Short and sweet. For this episode of Movie Bomb Squad, we've got a lot of fun things planned. We've got, first of all, the community of bad movies and the things that we've picked to talk about. We'll explain more later. Also, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. One of the best horror movies in the world. And scores, five questions, a bunch of stuff. Next up, on the most important hour you're ever going to hear, before Ebola takes you to hell. introduce who we are I want to let you know how to find movie bomb squad first of all you go to moviebombsquad.com download the podcast from there check out our synopsis of various movies also you can go to itunes find us there just look it up in the search you can go to facebook search up bomb squad we'll add you to the group there we run a lot of quizzes and games and various things you may get on the show through that method also you can find me on twitter at yoggins y-o-g-g-i-n-s oh yeah now that that's out of the way, part of this podcast is alcoholism. Alcoholism? <laughs> alcoholism. As you can tell, I'm already drinking. So, with that said... <laughs> I am drinking two different beers, because one beer is not enough to get through this show. The first beer is going to be Hell's Bell. A Belgian ale by Big Boss Brewing here in North Carolina. They're only slightly related to Halloween-y themes. I really couldn't find anything that just outright said pumpkin mass that blows your brain up. Beer. Sorry. What's the second drink? Oh, second drink. <laughs> Who, cares? Who cares? I guess French Broad Brewing Company would care. It's Gateway Colch. I don't know what a Colch beer is. So I guess th- halfway through the show, we'll figure it out <laughs> together. <Google> it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I am drinking something called a Sky Jack-O-Lantern. It's two ounces of Sky-infused citrus vodka, one ounce mango nectar, and a half ounce of OJ with one half ounce of sour mix. Is that from your bartender friend? It is indeed, sir. <laughs> you can sort of tell. I give him themes, he gave him themes and he's like, I'll find a drink for that. I think we're helping each other. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I put together my own drink again. Might get in the habit of this, I don't know, but I created a drink I call it the Pagan Toy Maker. In dedication to Halloween 3, it involves water, scotch, and a little Midori, since Yogg was mentioned in the last episode that what do you do with it? Well, you mix it with, uh, you make Halloween drinks out of it. That's what you do with it. And it's all Is that what you do with it? it? Serve it on the rock. Now you know. Look, looks like a Halloween drink. It's not that great. I wouldn't offer it to anybody, but <laughs> not going to let it go away. <laughs> The man of action is an honest man. At the very least. So that'll lead us in. Somehow, all these things lead into other things. I always say that. It's never really true. But the next section is our new community section. So every podcast, what I'd like to do from here on out is one of us will find something interesting about the community at large of people who love so bad their good movies. Because that's how I got into it. I don't know about y'all, but... It was somebody that introduced me to it. It was a store that had a what the fuck section. It was a, a so bad it's good type of show like a riff tracks or a mystery science theater. It's the people that make so bad it's good what it is. So I'd like to highlight some of those people and places uh, every show. Sure, absolutely. Right on. It's 
It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? So the first one, what we're doing is we're picking from our Facebook page. We ran a poll. What's your favorite Halloween movies? Good, bad, funny, whatever. And one of our fans, Clint, he went ahead and highlighted this movie I'd never seen, never heard of, but looked hilarious. It's called The Midnight Hour, 1985, made for TV, an ABC movie. Um, already you know it's good. Right. Um, it stars LeVar Burton without a visor. So one of those rare Geordie LaForge roles where he's not Geordie LaForge. Um, so I only watched a few clips on it. Mr. D, though, you've seen it how many times? At least 15. <laughs> Which is insane to me. I've literally watched it from beginning to end. Probably, it may even be more than 15 times. I've had it on VHS tape. I bought it again recently, about two years ago, off of eBay and gifted it to my friend who I grew up with, who I used to watch movies with. This was one of our favorites because of how ridiculous it is. Specifically, the, the mummy that walks around and kind of acts with everyone. Uh, it's directed by Jack Bender, who went on to do much better things. He directed Lost, at least like 30 episodes of Lost that show wow. under the dome. Um, He did some episodes of Alcatraz. He did a few episodes of The Sopranos, Alias. So he actually became a big-time TV director. But this was one of the first things he did. He also directed Child's Play 3. But Hey, you got to start somewhere. You know what? You got to start somewhere. Start at the bottom, right? Exactly. (laughs) Because in Hollywood, you fail upwards. And so (laughs) it's really bad. These kids accidentally release some spirits. And on Halloween night, they're all high school friends. And then one of the lead characters, Phil, meets a girl. And she ends up being a girl from the past. And she's in, like, her cheerleading outfit. And they have to race against time to save their little town of uh, Pitchford Cove, which gets overrun by demons and vampires. And it's funny because in the middle of all this stuff that's happened there's this huge party and they're changing everyone into a vampire like it's happening rapidly but then right at the end in the middle of the transformation there's this big dance and song number that just breaks out for no reason all about like the hellish halloween that they're having it's very cheesy it's terrible uh it's a great movie (laughs) it's very cheesy it's terrible it's a great movie because that's what we define as great here it's a certified bomb What I want to mention about it, the thing that caught my attention, and again, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just watched clips on YouTube. The full movie is on YouTube, by the way. You can check it out. But this film has an incredible soundtrack. It has the title song in it, The Midnight Hour, in case you've ever heard on an oldie station. I'm going to wait till the midnight hour. By Wilson Pickett. So... It's got that, but it's also got Bad Moon Rising by John Fogarty. Little Red Riding Hood Uh by Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. Randy Newman's Mama Told Me Not to Come. Look it up on YouTube. And, And the craziest one is in this scene where Sherry Belafonte, the daughter, is playing the main vampire lady. She attacks someone else in a wine cellar in slow motion while wine is shooting out of all the casks. And this song by the Smiths, how soon is now? Which I don't remember all the words, but it's like da 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 So that song's playing while this slow motion vampire attack. It's 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 ridiculous. It's like right in the middle of the movie, and that's all I needed to see. So thank you, Clint, for that awesome recommendation. And uh, thank you, everybody else that, you know, sent some things in. Sorry, you lost. But uh, this is clearly the winner. Right on. (laughs) Also, I'd like to mention Halloween 3. Since this was recently released on Blu-ray disc, courtesy of our next uh, winner, I guess, for this community section is Shout Factory. They were a company that was opened up in 2003 by three members of Rhino Records. After they sold Rhino Records off, got a nice little bit of seed money for their next venture, and they decided to make this awesome production company which would buy out rights for just really niche films. And what they wound up doing was not only doing like old documentaries and old weird things that never everybody had never heard of, but they have a special Scream Factory which just does nothing but cult and horror movies and things like uh, Monster Squad or I Come in Peace or... Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. They give it Blu-ray treatment. They give it these awesome new covers. They do brand new interviews and special segments with the creators of the films that are on those discs. These are like the definitive editions of really corner case films. Like UHF with Weird Al Yankovic. They're releasing a 
25th anniversary edition UHF. Even though the film bombed in the box office, it covers like 2013 Comic-Con special Q&A with Weird Al about the movie. Like all kinds of cool special features about these movies that, you know, some people really love. That's awesome. <laughs> That is cool. Yeah. Very cool. And so kudos to Shout Factory because if you love bad movies, then it's there's a good chance that you'll find a lot of the bad movies you love through their collection. And it won't have to be a crappy version of a Braxis like I bought the other day on eBay and had to send back that was literally so bad that it skipped in places and just, I don't know, it was trash. Devastating. <laughs> it was devastating because I was showing off a Braxis to friends and I had to go to YouTube to let them watch it. That sucks. Yeah. It does suck. <laughs> I will say about that version of Abraxas, if you go on eBay, it's a red cover. Don't buy the red cover. Take the blue the blue cover. So no red cover, blue cover. Take the blue pill. Take the blue pill. Because the red cover is like a Pakistani production company that the, the opening menu screen is like a, a mountain taken from a National Geographic video <laughs> with an airplane as the cursor. An airplane with a space shuttle on top of it. It literally has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. That's awesome. It's like like a Mario Paint, I made my own DVD type of thing. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> All righty. Thus ends our community segment. Thank y'all for listening. Coming up soon will be the scariest movie you've ever seen. We are way off on that one. (laughs) But it doesn't matter because I'm already one beer down and one to go. So we're reviewing Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which received on IMDb.com a 4.4 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes, 33% critical positive reviews and 24% popular positive reviews. Mostly this film just had a huge backlash because it had nothing to do with Michael Myers, uh, which the previous two Halloweens did. And they did a bad job of not telling people. Season of the Witch follows a doctor in his his fight against a rogue toy company that has been producing three different masks. A witch mask, a skull mask, and a pumpkin mask. That, as he finds out later, with the help of his young, sexy assistant, that they have microchips in them and a commercial that is insidious and insane will activate those masks on Halloween night and cause every child wearing them to have their head exploded into a pile of mush and roaches and snakes. (laughs) So it doesn't make a lot of sense. And there's a bunch of people in town that are actually robots. Spoiler alert. And uh, yeah, the Stonehenge is involved. There you go. With lasers. <laughs> yep. That's Halloween 3. It has nothing to do with Michael Myers. It's just this crazy movie about a mask maker. Anyway, it was made in 1982. Uh, the definitive version, if you like the movie or if you love to hate it, is the 2013 Blu ray from Shout Factory that we just kind of talked about. Mr. D, what was your initial impression about this special film? Uh, initial impression when I first watched it was a long time ago. And I hated it for the reason you first listed that it wasn't anything like the previous two Halloweens. Where was Mike Myers? Where was the the William Shatner mask that he was wearing? But upon viewing it 20 years later, it's actually a fairly decent standalone movie. When you just focus on the season of The Witch, not too shabby. Good to hear, I guess, because you'll be the one and only person, I think, who thought this was a decent standalone movie. Um, (laughs) My first impression from childhood doesn't really count too much because all I remember is a child's head exploding in a Halloween mask. I guess it was good in that regard. It's like, that's cool. Upon watching it later, I knew to view it as a standalone movie. And it's fine because I never really got into the Halloween franchise in the first place. I always thought Michael Myers was sort of the lamest of all villains. I like him cheesy, and he was not really that cheesy. He was just a big, stupid killer. 
So anyways, yeah, as its own movie, I still think it's ridiculous and slow, but funny. And it's funny enough for me to recommend to bad movie lovers. There you go. Man of action. <laughs> you know, my first impression is very different from you guys because I don't watch a lot of horror movies. I do not go out of my way to watch horror at all. In fact, most of them don't interest me, period. So I was happy to see this one on the list of movies to watch because this was going to force me to see one. And my initial impression was, yeah, this is interesting, but uh, I just don't care. I couldn't quite get on board with the horror genre, but the plot was honestly mysterious enough to I was sort of curious as to what was going to happen. And while the movie itself was sort of dull in many aspects, the ridiculous ending of the last 15 minutes was sort of fantastic in its own way. So I was glad I sat through it. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it being a so bad it's good film. You know, it's funny, just maybe a little off topic, I guess, but you guys mentioned that the third movie didn't follow in the theme of Michael Myers. It was kind of standalone. Do you guys know why it was that way? Like, there's a little history behind that. The whole deal was that John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, who initially wrote and produced and directed the first two films, they killed Michael Myers in the second movie. And so and they made it pretty definitive, from what I understand. Like, I don't think Carpenter wanted to do a second movie. He got talked into it. So when they killed him, he was very definitive about the fact that Michael Myers is dead. This is it. Exactly. And so the idea was to make a franchise of films, almost in like the Saw vein, but even more disconnected. So like every Halloween, there would be a new Halloween movie that was not at all related to the, the, the one before it. It was right. just a new scary film underneath this Halloween umbrella. It's like every year you can anticipate some crazy horror tale. Which would work today, honestly. I think it's a good idea. I think it would work today. I imagine it was quite a shock. I'd have been pretty disappointed if I were going to this film to see Michael Myers because it, <laughs> it has nothing to do with it. Like, I'll fool you. I think of uh, Spaceballs. <laughs> fool you! Is that how you felt, Mr. D, when you saw this in theaters? That is how I felt. I kind of felt cheated. But it, searching through trivia about the movie, now that I know what they were trying to do, which was release a movie every year with a different director and a different Halloween theme, you know, everyone talks about, well, what if the movie had been a success and it worked? But as a matter of fact, the movie was successful. Just if, not enough. The budget was $2.5 million. It made 14.4 in the United States only. And if you adjust for inflation today, that's going to probably put it close to $40 million, which is more by the way than Halloween's 4, 5, and 6 earned and they had almost a three times bigger budget so I mean I don't know why they never continued to do it we would be on like <laughs> Halloween 35 by now if they'd have kept up with it it's kind of like how they do a lot of movies today I mean they've got the ABCs of death or mm -hmm. the new VHS yeah. franchise where each director does a different segment but I mean who knows what you could have come up with uh, Joe Dante was originally supposed to do it. He ended up doing Gremlins instead. Yeah, so maybe we wouldn't have Gremlins, you know, in this alternate universe. Exactly. So that would be kind of a, that would be a shame. That would suck. <laughs> I just bought the Blu-ray release of that. So that would suck. <laughs> All right, so what I'd like to do, do our one-minute breakdowns. It's one minute why, why not? And then we'll follow it up with one special 10-star review from IMDb from a random dude that just loves this movie in the order of Mr. D, me, and then Man of Action. Mr. D, you ready? Yes. These are so intense. I got my, I got my timer. And three, two, one. You should not watch this movie if you are expecting Michael Myers and if you're expecting a continuation of the Halloween series as it is. You should watch this movie if you are a fan of train wrecks. If you are the kind of person who slows down on the highway when you see someone's gotten into an auto accident, this is the movie for you. Uh, it is terribly, terribly awesome. If you're also a fan of mustaches, as we've discussed in the past, there is one of the sweetest mustaches ever from what I would call, outside of Tom Selleck, the king of mustaches, and that's Mr. Tom Atkins. For him alone, and he's been in everything. He's in Howling. He's in all kinds of stuff. So if you're a fan of mustaches, train wrecks, and little kids dying, this is your movie. Yeah. You got like 10 seconds left, man. Come on. <laughs> Silver Shamrock. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Thank you. And time. <laughs> the listeners are punished if we don't fill the minute. <laughs> awesome. So somebody else time me. Man of Action, you got a timer available? Yeah. Here it comes. Three, two, one. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. In my opinion, the only Halloween movie you ever need to see. Um, and that's because, one, you have an insane 400-year-old Irishman 
named Conal. C-O-N-A-L. I don't know what the hell that means. Irish people are crazy. He's possessed. He's shot by lasers. Um, there's like Stonehenge involved. There are tons of robots in a tiny town. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis plays a crazy curfew radio voice. That's the only like connection between this and previous Halloween films. She tells you to go to bed before 6 o'clock or you'll be who knows what. Anyways... There's a lot of crazy shit in this movie. First of all, the main character, the doctor, is an alcoholic. Um, he's supposed to be a hero, and he's a sex addict. So he literally has sex with everyone in the film at least once or twice. Uh, <laughs> and time. 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 Uh, oh man. The summary ends with doctor having sex with everyone in the film once or twice. <laughs> man it felt so short and then it goes by quick doesn't it it does i got a lot to say about this movie it's crazy can't wait to get into it <laughs> man of action you ready uh sure <laughs> all right even if you're not three two one all right if you like pagan toy makers and the mass murder of children by lasers being shot in the back of their heads from halloween masks this is a movie for you. If you don't like either of those things, this is not the movie for you. The movie is fairly boring. It covers very little horror elements. There's a lot of running, just scenes of people running, awkward stares, uh, very little action, very little murder, uh, robot people, you know, very, very, very dreadful. Uh, the entire movie sort of slow and uh, builds up to a nice 15-minute uh, bit of insanity at the end. Uh, Stonehenge is brought into it. Everybody loves Stonehenge. Uh, Stonehenge uh, actually has the power to zap people with uh, blue laser beams and turn them into a sort of stony, grinning... Uh, I don't even know what it was. He just disappeared. Weird ending. Uh, robot toy people attacking uh, people in cars. You know, there's a lot of nonsense going on in this film. And uh, it's hard for me to recommend it to anybody. I'd watch it again. End time. Oh, shit. <laughs> I need to declare... Guess I, need we'll to, never... I need to declare... I need to declare... I can't. I can't. I'm just saying. No, you can't. Can't. you can't say it. I just wanted nope. to clarify, but I no, can't. No, the clarification. I can't. I'm not going to say the clarification. I'm just saying. I'm just, just saying. Just clarify. You can't clarify. I'm clarifying. I can't clarify. Yeah. There it is. So one person didn't talk enough and two people couldn't shut up. That's amazing. And you're the person who liked the movie the most. I know. And you couldn't say anything about it. You don't even know why you liked it. I don't. I hate <laughs> myself for not knowing why. Sometimes you just like something. To bookend this breakdown, I went ahead and I searched through IMDb's 10-star reviews. And I dragged up something that's very special. It's one of the most silly reviews I could find. Somebody loved this movie. He would disagree with this podcast probably. Here we go. <laughs> it's from Mike842, written on July 20th of 1999. This is a very good horror movie. And the only reason people don't like it is because it has nothing to do with Halloween 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, and 7. <laughs> this one is really great, creating a mystery instead of the usual quote-unquote slasher movie. Tom Atkins is plain wonderful, is a doctor investigating a murder that finds out an insidious plot by Irishmen to kill all U.S. citizens with a Halloween mask that sends snakes, bugs, lizards, and spiders out of the mask and biting people. At the end, the fact that he might, might not manage to stop the villain is a good cliffhanger, which probably never will be answered. Since people will probably want Michael Myers back in Halloween 8, parentheses, Halloween, the shape of Michael Myers. What a pity. There you go. All the all the typos, the grammatical errors, those were true to Mike842's vision. Um, I like your Mike voice. Yes. Yeah. You really painted him as an idiot. <laughs> three out of three people found the following review useful. Wow. <laughs> Just letting you know. Three three Mike lovers out there. Yeah. If you're one of them, send us an email at moviebombsquad at gmail.com. <laughs> that said, now it is time. I think to go beyond our initial impressions and get into the meat of this film. We're going to share with you five scenes, five quotes, five drinking games, and then score this bad boy up. Wait. Five, 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 five. Welcome back 
to the five scenes of Halloween 3. Even though there's probably more, these are the ones that we chose. The first scene I want to share is something that we've listed as Lady in the Motel Gets Curious. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which could mean a lot of things. But because there's a lady who's going to the toy company, she's like, these masks didn't come on time. I got to spend a night in this crappy town again. So she is in her hotel room. And she finds one of the uh, silver shamrock emblem that's put on the masks. She's like looking at the back of this little medallion and there's a microchip on it. As she's fiddling with it, she decides to use like a hair clip to fucking poke at it for some reason. It shoots an insane blue laser beam into her mouth and out of her eyes, which then turns her head into like a raw head Rex figurine, sort of a melted werewolf looking crazy. I don't know what it was. Crazy. Just... One weird space cricket looking thing <laughs> crawls out of her mouth and into her wig. Cricket! <laughs> and in the middle of it, it's it's simultaneous with a sex scene between the doctor and his sexy assistant. And they hear the laser blast. And in that scene, the girl stops and she's like, what was that? And he's like, who cares? Because <laughs> he's having sex. It's like, who gives a shit? Alrighty, Mr. D, you want to take number two scene? I do, yes. This one I actually thought was a pretty cool scene. Like, most of the time, the scenes are ridiculous. But they actually take the the number one bestseller in their company and his family. They get invited to do a tour of the factory. And in order to save money with things, the stuff that they shot in the factory were actually masks being produced. They were real masks that they were making. But it takes them through the entire mask process as it's going on, on how they're molded and made and, and spray painted. And they actually sold those masks during Halloween so I don't know that could be like a collector's thing somewhere I'm sure this was actual mask that was made during the the sequence I just thought it was a really cool uh, scene that's why I included it and that's the tour through the factory I was gonna say it was a pretty shitty looking factory for such a worldwide business hey it was 1982 brother I was not impressed. I immediately thought, that's probably the set where they're actually making the masks. That's not even like a real fact. Part of the marketing campaign for the film was to sell those masks, so it's a good chance that you might be able to find one on eBay if you really want to. Yeah. I'll keep an eye out. So, MOA, yeah, the, number three? The third scene, there's part of the 15 minutes of insanity that happens at the end. The doctor has rescued his lady friend from the toy factory. Now, he escapes, he grabs her, they get in the car... They're driving away, and you don't know it at the time, but somehow she's been turned into one of these automatons. And she just starts attacking him, like, and it's always some sort of weird hand grab at its face. And eh, they start driving off the road, they crash into a tree, she loses an arm, he gets out, uh, <laughs> attacks her again, or she attacks him again, and she fights him off, and uh, he knocks off her head. He gets back in the car. The dismembered arm, which is still attached to the door, attacks him. Attacks him? <laughs> and it's even, it's even harder for him to get rid of this arm than it is when it's attached to her body. He defeats the arm. He gets out of the car. And then the headless body attacks him again with the good arm. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Knocks the bitch on the ground and like he, the little arm is sort of like grabbing at his pant leg. I mean, it's not scary or terrifying. It's like just kick it out of the way and leave. Part of me, like a small 5% of me, wanted to see this arm constantly attacking him. And, but the other 95 was like, no, they wouldn't do that. But then they did. <laughs> over and over and over again. It is a persistent <laughs> arm. <laughs> how does an arm, how does it fly across a room, for example? It wasn't a prop. It was just a shot of a person just grabbing this guy with their arm, propped a certain way to where it looked like an arm without a body. I could just picture him like stretching off to the side, like, can you see me yet? Can you see me in the camera? Okay, all right, action. Choke him, choke him, choke him. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Dr. D, number four? Yes, so the Cupfers, that is the family that takes the tour, they get sent to like this waiting room or, or somewhere, and Buddy, who's the kid, tries on his pumpkin mask, and the evil villain, Cochran, or Conal, I should say, decides to show what happens when the video is shown, and so Buddy watches the video, and of course he collapses in pain, and his head gets all mushy and then all of a sudden crickets, cockroaches, and a snake come out of the mask and the snake begins attacking his dad and it's a pretty awesome scene. The science is is great. Uh, Sure. No one will ever understand how a microchip activated by a song turns a human's brain into a snake, but... It was Stonehenge, man. Stonehenge. Even just a tiny particle, you know? Even just a tiny particle. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. 
Yep, line from the movie. He even said. a tiny particle. Even a tiny particle. <laughs> even a tiny particle does what? You know, it's just kind of like yeah, exactly. A tiny particle. Okay. He doesn't say. Just so you know. Just so you know. Oh man! So the fifth scene in this film. Check out. All of the robot deaths, even before you know that the bad guys in suits and ties that walk stiffly around and kill people are robots. Um, The ones in the end get killed by silver shamrock buttons being poured (laughs) on them and they blow up into electricity. Um, (laughs) They just kind of pass out weirdly on the floor. There's another one that gets his chest caved in by the main character, Dr. Sex. <laughs> Mustard or orange juice or something shoots out of his mouth while it's happening. Going off of the robots again, I just think that the main robot was played by a stunt double who was in Halloween 2. In Halloween 2, he played Michael Myers, but in this movie, he played one of the robot guys, and his real name is Dick Warlock. <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. That's amazing. So, in other it's, words, when he had to write his name on forms, last name first, he was Warlock Dick. <laughs> yes. Oh <my> <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> so him and the Law and Order creator, Dick Wolf, can get together have a dick party. <laughs> offices of Dick and Dick. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there you go. There's your five scenes for Halloween 3. Now let's go straight into quotes. Funniest things we found. MOA. Yes, this one sort of ties into my favorite aspect of the film is that Bane's villain is he has imported a piece of Stonehenge into his toy factory and is using particles of Stonehenge to power his scheme, his plot somehow. I don't know. They sort of play on the whole pagan origins of Halloween sacrifices and whatnot. Anyway, they surprise you with, oh, look, we have a piece of Stonehenge here. And, uh, you know, the natural question is, well, how'd you get it here? And his response is, ha ha, we had a time getting it here. You wouldn't believe how we did it. And then just moves right on. Doesn't sound how it happened. <laughs> Nothing. People are just chipping away on it. It's actually a pretty funny, funny line and ridiculous scene. Uh, the next quote comes from him also. I do love a good joke. And this is the best one ever. A joke on the children. <laughs> Which is talking about his mask blowing their heads up. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! <laughs> Hilarious! <laughs> it never, never explains why he spent this much time trying to do this insane practical joke, but whatever. Quote number three, uh, this one's by uh, Chalice, and actually Teddy kind of responds, Teddy, do me another favor. Find out everything you can about Colonel Cochran and Silver Shamrock. And the response from Teddy is, okay, this is going to cost you some serious dinners when you get back. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So this doctor, he's talking to a nurse who never moves from the same desk. He he calls her like four or five times in the movie just to be like, hey, did you find anything about that car that the robot blew up in? There's another good death, by the way. Um, (laughs) Did you look up information about Colonel Cochran? Like, what the fuck does this lady do besides just answer phone calls from Dr. Chalice? Nothing. (laughs) The last thing with her made me laugh. I'll point this out, okay? Now, I think most guys own power drills. Okay, this chick is murdered with a power drill, okay? I have a power drill. What I don't keep in my power drill just by default is a half-inch metal drilling bit, okay? I just don't. I have, why? You know, maybe a flathead, fill up bit, whatever. But it just opens a drawer, and there's this convenient half-inch drill bit just bothered me. And I laughed. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> clearly, clearly, you're missing out. You need to get your shit straight, Zach. I don't soon. know why that struck me. The real question is, why wouldn't you have one? There it is. Number four, uh, Mr. Cochran, the all-time genius in practical jokes, he invented sticky toilet paper. Oh, you must know the dead dwarf gag, the soft chainsaw, all his. And that's from Buddy, a ridiculous character. (laughs) His top salesman. Yes. How menacing can a soft chainsaw be? And what is a dead dwarf gag? I I don't know. I've never heard of any of these novelty (laughs) gifts. Yeah, no idea. And who, who would it scare? Someone who wants dwarves to be alive? Because that, that's not me. Right. <laughs> I know it's not you. You have a history, as you've listened to the show before, of not liking dwarves. Peck. Peck, peck. Sorry. Anyways, the whole idea behind this is that he spent decades selling sticky toilet paper and dead dwarves and soft chainsaws to people just to make enough money to transport a piece of Stonehenge to his robot lab. And, and create this whole scenario it, it, right from the get-go. Whoever was writing this was fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> 
Turns out it was a Brit. His name was none other than Nigel Neal. He was famous for some 1950s show called Quartermass in Britain. John Carpenter liked it a lot. And he was like, hey, write a treatment for Halloween 3. He wrote it. Then the director, Tommy Lee Wallace, read it and was like, yeah, that's crazy. Let's let's make that. He only changed a little bit. So Tommy Lee Wallace is, is listed as the writer, but he didn't really write this movie. It was actually Nigel Neal. And this was what came out of his head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Next and last of the favorite quotes. This is a conversation between Ellie and Dr. Chalice. Ellie says... Irish Halloween masks, Dr. Chalice. In California, you never know. <laughs> like, you made the scene so much better. Like, that was great. <laughs> you never know. You could play both characters. That's right. I just don't have the mustache or the boobs to make it happen. Oh, well. Let's go to drinking games. How do you get through this movie? Oh, this is the best one. Number one. <laughs> There's a, there's a commercial that plays Silver Shamrock throughout the film, the Silver Shamrock commercial. We tried to sing it for you earlier and probably didn't come across right. But every time that little commercial plays, take a drink. I think that commercial plays nine times throughout the film. I'm not sure. So you'll be drinking a lot. I think it's a lot more, actually. I have a feeling like it's, it's all over the place. Because sometimes it's just a little piece of it. <laughs> right. Sometimes it shows up on TV. Sometimes you hear it on a radio. <laughs> at the end, it plays like three or four times within a minute. Sloppy drunk right there at the end. Just in time <laughs> to go do something else. So going with that awesome Silver Shamrock song, which they made using the London Bridge song. Because they were like, we need a jingle, but we can't. We don't have any money to buy a jingle. So the director, Tommy Lee Wallace, was like, all right. What can we do? And then somebody, I don't remember who, said, why don't we steal London Bridge? And it's just some dude from the sound production crew was like, yeah, I got a keyboard. And so they just made this thing. They recorded his voice really slow. He was just like, happy, happy Halloween. And they sped it up so he sounded like a chipmunk. That's it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Dr. D. Whatever you see or hear anything Irish-named, Irish-themed, you know, the bar they go into is Irish-themed. It's an Irish-themed town. Uh, Silver Shamrock, Shamrock being an Irish thing. Go ahead and take a drink. Uh, it's like oh, Flannery's or something like that is the name of the bar. And there's all kinds of, of Shamrocks and Irish-themed stuff everywhere. Yeah, so. gas station, the, yeah. the hotel they stay in, all kinds of stuff. Perfect. Irish drinking game. Next one, number three, anytime the movie tells you exactly what day and time or place it is filming in big, bold letters, like October 23rd, and then with a pause, then they'll say like 8.01 p.m. right underneath it. Or they'll tell you Dayton, Ohio. That's where these kids are running around. Portland, Oregon. It loves the subtitles. There's at least 20 of them throughout the film. That's true. That is true. <laughs> so, fourth drinking game. Whenever the doc mishandles or manhandles a lovely lady. <laughs> Good Freudian slip. Thank you. That was one of mine. I noticed that he likes to grab them and pull them real close and get in their face. That would oh, be Dr. Daniel. But every time he does that, every time he gets frustrated because the hoes don't know their place in Dr. D's house. Oh, wow. Dr. D. How about that? Another Dr. Wing. D. Another Dr. D in the house. He's a misogynistic pig. I'm happily <laughs> married. So, yeah, anytime he manhandles the ladies... <laughs> You go ahead and take a drink. Yeah, it's pretty great. He grabbed the first one I noticed was he grabbed his like old black nurse who's like sixty five <laughs> by the shoulder, just automatically, just walking down the hallway with her, looking at a chart. And then he was like, "I need a nap." And then she said something, and he was like, "Yeah, you want to come take a nap with me?" Just like making a sexy pass at this lady, and she was just laughing it off, like, "Ha ha ha!" He does this all the time. Not to be you so crazy. You're so crazy, Dr. D. <laughs> this guy's like, a, and he's not like a sexy dude, really. He's just kind of a weird looking old Charles Bronson type guy. It's, it's actually one of the crazy themes of the movie is, is how are these hot 23 year olds attracted to this divorced, alcoholic, 47 year old deadbeat dad? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody does. Nobody. <laughs> the final drinking game, again, is with robot deaths. So, Or you can even have deaths that the robots do. So that way you can include like the drill bit to the head. Or you can do the time where the robot comes in and crushes the patient's head uh, in the very beginning. <laughs> with, yeah, it seems funny because the guy comes in there with gloves, you know, crushes his head. And then he wipes his hands on the curtain like, you have gloves on. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> and it leads to this small chase 
through the hospital, <laughs> and then the, the robot lights himself on fire. Yeah, I mean, wh- why did he want to clean his hands? You know, that's what gets me. That's a great mystery that's, that's left in this film. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> There's a great one. There's a town drunk in the Silver Shamrock town, and two robots find him in, like, a junkyard. And there's a, a cutaway scene from far away. It looks like in the shadows that the drunk guy is kneeling down, and he's giving the robot a blowjob. <laughs> but actually, the robot's just grabbing his head and shaking his head a lot because he's trying to pull his head, like, literally off, off of his, his body. body. But from far away, it looks like he's giving the robot a blowjob. So <laughs> that's a pretty great scene. You can drink during that. <laughs> let's uh, let's get down to our scores for old Halloween 3 Word. season of The Witch. All right, I'll take it from here. You know, I do my whole 100 point, five category, 20 in each category. The first category is bad acting. The acting in this film, I mean, it was bad. There wasn't a lot of acting. It was just sort of plain and boring. It wasn't so over the top that I, it was so bad it was funny or entertaining enough for me to want to listen to it again. So I gave it a seven. It wasn't enough bad acting. It ranks low. Story, I kind of was curious as to what was going on in the beginning. And the fact that it is designed around a plot by some pagan that wants to murder millions of children with laser beams in the back of their head is a little strange. And it was interesting enough to where, and ridiculous enough to where I gave it a few extra points. So I gave it a 12. The insanity factor, I mean, that in and of itself was pretty insane. And the ending had some insane moments. And when I say insane, just a bunch of weird shit going on, not quite sure why it's happening. The beginning of the movie, though, it's, it's fairly plain. It, in fact, you could probably sum this movie up on paper and make it seem like a cool horror movie. So it wasn't insane enough for me. I gave it an eight. Most of the time I was bored. Action, very little action. You know, not even funny action or ridiculous action. Guy lit himself on fire. There was an explosion in the beginning. I mean, that's not that much action. There were some lasers. The lasers of the face could be classified as action, and that hit a chord with me. I really enjoyed that. Actually, I gave it a four. I mean, that... The, the action level bored me. Four. That's it. Uh, group watchability. There's nobody I want to see this film with. And <laughs> I don't want to watch this film with anyone else. The last scene could be entertaining if we caught it while we were flipping the channels on TV. So I gave it a two. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. This movie only scored a solid uh, biblical 33. Okay. So it doesn't even rank as a movie that's so bad it's good for me. Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> Mr. D, you seem to like this one a little bit more. What do you think about this one? <laughs> I, I, I want to preface this by saying I enjoyed it more than my immature child self did. My immature adult self enjoyed it. And by no means would I recommend this movie to a lot of people. Uh, based on my scale of 100, the plot got a 7 out of out of 20. Sorry, uh, Acting, I give it a 10 out of 20. It wasn't the greatest acting, but it certainly wasn't the worst. Uh, special effects, a 5 out of 20. There's nothing to write home about. Uh, rewatchability, uh, a five out of twenty. I don't think I don't think I would ever watch it again. But I think like Zach, if I caught the last fifteen minutes, I would definitely be willing to watch to it. Sit. To watch it, yeah. over Sure, sure. <laughs> to sit through that last crazy part again. And there's some really cool, ridiculous parts to it. Uh, Land Yap, I get a fifteen out of twenty just because of the backstory of how it changed, how successful it, it could have been what it could have done for the Halloween franchise, what could have branched off. So all in all, it comes in just under my criteria for so bad it's good with a 42 out of 100. Not bad, not bad. Not, not bad. bad. But not good enough. But not good enough, no sir. But not good enough. No sir. Right. See what's strange is usually if anything hits the 20 out of 100 mark for me, I automatically add 30 points. Because, I don't know, it, it that it seems to be my personal mark. Ghost Dad didn't reach it, for example. Ghost Dad was not a so-bad-it's-good movie. But if anything hits 20, I make it a so-bad-it's-good movie. I dub it one. And this made it there. Who knows why? I'll go through it with you. <laughs> I gave it a plus three for the robot death in the beginning. Um, the guy lighting himself on fire with gasoline for no reason. After he cleaned his gloves off <laughs> on the hospital curtain, I... Why didn't he just drive away right there? I'm not really sure. He just wanted to go Buddhist with it and blow himself up. Then we've got a, a plus two for the other robot scene. I just liked all the robots dying, I guess. Like him getting crushed in between two cars. Like the guy's getting choked to death. And you see him reaching on the ground for something. And it's not a knife or a gun or anything like that like it usually is in a movie. It's a chain attached to a wheel chock on a car that's like up a hill. 
And so he tries to pull the chalk out from the tire so that this car will slowly roll down the hill and crush the robot on top of him. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Gave a plus five for what I thought was the shittiest, most hilarious bar ever that the Dr. D <laughs> goes to from the hospital. The nurses not only know that he is there all the time because that's what they tell the girl, Ellie Grimbridge, but it's got like weird velvet comic book paintings on the back in the back wall. It has this insane cartoon playing. It looks like a wood paneled like living room from the 70s. But he's, he hangs out there all the time getting wasted. I loved it. Gave it plus eight for the laser beam to the head in the hotel room. It was kind of unexpected. Really insane looking. Perfect. Plus 10 for Dan O'Hurley, the guy who plays Conal Cochran. Bring in some gravitas and awesome acting skills to the the role of a fucking crazy cult irishman one of my favorite parts that we didn't talk about is when he finds the disembodied head of an old knitting robot like an old lady robot that just knits in a corner on a rocking chair (laughs) and the doctor goes up to the lady and is like shaking her like where is she where's ellie and he shakes her head off and so conal cocker just kind of picks her head up looks at it and says it's a pity. She was made in Munich, 1785. That'll be hard to replace. <laughs> I, I don't know. He's just a weird old Irishman. I gave it a plus one for this really weird scene that probably no one else thought about. But in the beginning, after the first guy dies and the doctors, uh, the police and the everybody else is trying to figure out this whole murder in the hospital thing, there's a fireman sitting in the corner of the room He's wearing this really childlike play school fire hat. He doesn't say anything. He's a speechless extra, but he just hangs out in the whole scene. He's just like nodding his head and chewing on gum and just, he looked like he came out of a play school playset. And I just, I couldn't take my eyes off of him the whole time. The overacting extra. The, those, are, those are hilarious. Oh yeah. Like Jean-Claude Van Damme and Breaking. Yeah, exactly. So minus five for the Halloween song that gets repeated over and over again, because it will drive you insane by the end of the movie. Um, plus three for the scene, the blowjob slash head popping off in the junkyard. <laughs> plus five for the science behind the whole microchip plus TV commercial equals crickets and worms. Not really sure how that ever happens, and can't you won't ever figure it out. But I, I love that that's what this movie is based on. And without that, the movie doesn't exist. Even the tiniest particle. <laughs> the tiniest particle of a <laughs> fucking Stonehenge will turn your baby's head into a cricket graveyard. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. There's our scores. Uh, I added them all up. It's 137 out of 300. It hits 46%, so by our 50% kind of cutoff for all of us, it doesn't really hit the so bad it's good. For me personally, though, it hits 62 out of 100. <laughs> I liked it more than everybody else. That's a, that's a solid score for this move. I'm a little surprised. I'm actually surprised also. I just happen to give it a lot of pluses for weird, random things. I thought it was... To give it some more points for that badass 80s intro that it had. I did laugh pretty hard at the 80s intro. Oh, with the electronic <laughs> screen yeah. that shows a pumpkin on yes. it? It might be the first movie we review where we all gave it okay scores, but it didn't qualify enough for us to consider it a so bad it's good movie. Well, for y'all, he did. He considers it. Yeah, well, I mean, except I, one out of three did, but I mean, not the majority this time. Yeah, not the majority in you. <laughs> How about yeah, that? Yeah, usually it's it's pretty black and white. Like with Ghost Dad, I think we all gave it like nine, yes. ten. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew why we watched it in the first place. <laughs> so this is at least eight times the movie Ghost Dad was. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we rank all our films on. <laughs> so Dr. D is going to hit us up with one of the most amazing things ever. It's a segment we always do. It's called Five Questions. Love it. I am Triton. Archangel. You've overstepped your line again, Bob. Uh, we were thinking of replacing it, possibly, but the man of action has informed us 
Shut that, that, that is down. not going to happen on his watch, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so I came up with five questions here. We'll do the grading like we've been doing, and then I'll, I'll determine a winner. So as always, speed is of the necessity. We're not going to flip a coin here. I'm going to start with Yogg. Wow. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, a hard yeah. decision. I like that. Yeah. So, Yogg, you can pick any franchise to make using the same name, but having nothing to do with the previous movies. Which franchise do you take? <laughs> And what is your movie about? <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, I like it. First thing that popped in my head was Iron Man. Nice. And I'm I'm gonna make a franchise about a miner, like a old eighty five year old miner who's just trying to get out of the business. <laughs> and he's he makes like weird trinkets and stuff out of the iron that he mines. <laughs> and he tries to sell them. And he fails and just dies <laughs> at the end. There you go. I probably, probably watch that. <laughs> Man of action. Uh, I'm going to go with Jaws. And my, nice. my movie is going to be about, uh, you know, Jaws of Life, the things that are used to pry people out of cars. Yeah. It's going to be about a sentient pair of Jaws of Life. That's what it's going to be about. <laughs> what it does and its adventures and its misadventures, no one knows. But it's going to center around that. And it's going to star Kirk Cameron. That's important. Oh, yes, sir. Love it. As the voice for the Jaws of Life? <laughs> well played. All right. Man of action. Question. That was a great question. This one plays more on the aspect of fear. What is your utmost fear? Wow, that's a serious uh -huh. question. This one was a serious one. Um, My utmost fear. I don't honestly have, like, the, you know, people are scared of stuff. Sure. You know, like spiders and shit. And spiders bother me and whatever. But you know, heights and shit. I don't have... As far as I know, I don't have that kind of fear. I think that I do have sort of a, covers a lot, but I have sort of a fear of anything that you can't negotiate with. I know that sounds weird. I'm not talking no, about no, like that, over money. That, I'm makes, talking about, that makes perfect sense. Right, I'm talking about things like sharks. <laughs> sure. <absolutely. laughs> You're in their element. You can't talk to them. You're right. an Aquaman. <laughs> I can't negotiate with this creature. It's, gonna, it's an eating machine. I'm going to die. You know, Ebola, if I ever got Ebola, that's something you can't negotiate right. with. It's just simply going to attack You're and try to trapped in a building that's on fire. Flesh-eating bacteria, things like that. Uh, I get that. You know, Very good answer. That's a good answer. Yeah, it covers a lot. I, I could get into more grim detail but that's that's it <laughs> yeah what is your utmost fear well something that's always been sort of an irrational fear of mine is i've always imagined that when i try to pass a semi on the left it's going to go out of control <laughs> and crush me into the guardrail <laughs> like their tire blows out and they oh yeah, and they just lose control, and the trailer's just, like, smashing my car against the side of the <laughs> until I'm just mangled and dead. Dude, that's a totally legit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so every time I pass a semi on the left, I always have this flash, am I going to die now? Am I going to die now? <laughs> just fly and I think I'll carry that through on the rest of my you, life. You just, like, gun it when you pass one? I do, actually. I go much faster <laughs> as I'm passing semi-trucks than anyone else. Oh, that's great. <laughs> All right, so... Like, don't pussyfoot around. Okay, let's this go. guy's gonna kill us. Lori, let's go! All right, so, Yogg, what would be your ultimate Halloween revenge plan? Razor blades and candy, uh, what would you do to kill children? <laughs> Jesus. All right, it's good to clarify. I just have to know that I need to kill children. This is about children. What would you do to kill children? Oh. <laughs> I would like to make a giant pit at the end of every neighborhood in America that is covered, it's full of Ponji sticks, and it's covered with like a fake sort of material that just makes it look like a street. And there's a fantastic, wonderful house at the edge beyond the Ponji pit. <laughs> In every town that I build this in, it's got like great designs and decorations and music. And it's like, come trick or treat here. And so this goes up like a month before uh, every Halloween. And then all the children on Halloween trick or treat night, they just all walk into the Ponji pit. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Looking for candy. Survive or not survive, who knows? It's more like a survival of the fittest kind of thing. That's awesome. Happy, happy Shawnoween. There you go. Wow. Yagoween. All right, man of action. I'm going to go straight cold on this one. And this is derived from my own twisted personality and a scene from, Love it. from uh, Firefly. But for those of you that don't know, C4 is a moldable explosive that is detonated from an electrical charge. Okay? <laughs> so what I would do is I would mass manufacture those black and orange 
useless candies. They're like gooey. Like the peanut butter chews or whatever? Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. In each one of those candies, there's a piece of C4 that whenever you chomp down on it, creates that little electrical charge and just uh -huh. explodes, okay? That's and awesome! It does, it does not take much C4 to destroy a building or an object of some sort, so a child's head will be... Decimated! Instantly decimated. Just so I would mass produce that some sort of like worldwide capacity and then it'll be happening all at different times it won't even be all at once like nobody will know what's going on <laughs> pop 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 revenge that's it that's incredible oh, yeah alright that's an action movie right there and son. crickets yeah and crickets alright <laughs> MOA yes there are five genres of horror that I believe exist there is the impending doom the subtle, obvious contradictions to the world of logic, uh, desolation slash isolation, subliminal, and then what I like to call phobias or creepy children. Now, of these five genres that I've listed, which one of those would you prefer as a horror movie and why? Because you're not a big fan of horror movies. No, I'm not. But uh, the ones that I think are the movies that really get to be the most are probably the ones that deal with like isolation of some sort. Sort of the fear of the unknown, like not knowing what's around the corner, usually can involve a lot of silences and you know, sure. well-placed scares. So if I was going to see a horror movie, I would do something like that. I immediately think of Alien, which I think is classified as sci-fi horror. Sure. Uh, that kind of thing would be the one that I would prefer the most. Excellent. Great answer. Thank you. Yog. I think that I'm going to go with this from the angle of like, what opens up the most avenues for horror films in the future? And I think that would have to be your phobia uh, realm. Okay. Cause you can be phobic of anything. Sure. So the first thing that kind of popped in my mind was like, I was trying to flesh out a movie and I thought of what if a, a man or a woman was phobic of people of different races and they just thought he was a racist, but actually it was like a mental disability. He was just like terrified of Chinese people. <laughs> And so the whole movie, he just goes around trying to kill Chinese people and stuff. But then there's also like a psychologist that's like defending him. Is like, he's not racist. He's just terrified of you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where it would go, but. <laughs> I'm in, dude. I'd watch it. Yeah, I would Chinaman. I'd be all over Hilarious. it. Uh, Redefining racism here. There we go. He's not racist. He's sick. You know, it's like. Be like an M. Night Shyamalan, just drop the bomb. He's just scared. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Great. It's a great defense. It'll hold up in court. No sure. problem. <laughs> All right. Yogg, last question. So Halloween uses Stonehenge to fuel its world de destruction. What landmark would you use? <laughs> oh, that is a good question. Hmm. What landmark would I use? <laughs> Okay, in, in the middle of the state of Kansas is a 25 to 30 foot tall concrete statue of the quote unquote world's largest groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, there's signs for like hundreds of miles in either direction on the interstate that advertise this thing. So <laughs> you have to pay $5 to get in and see it. And that's what I would use. I would use the concrete world's largest groundhog going on a rampage, just doing what groundhogs do. <laughs> That's amazing. Call it Groundhog's Day 2. <laughs> yeah, totally. By the rights, confuse people That's just right. like Halloween did. Perfect. Where's Bill Murray? Where's the groundhog? Oh, this is a different experience. <laughs> Pray you don't see Puck's Honey Phil's shadow. That'd be awesome. <laughs> 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 great answer. Man, uh, man of action. <laughs> That's a good question. I think that uh, Sean will give a great answer. I can't top that. I, I just know it. I'm like I'm impressed by his answer. I would use I would go with the pyramids. Okay. <laughs> I would choose the pyramids because I would use the backstory of sort of like being created by like slaves, like lots of slaves, to sort of fuel some sort of like mind domination plot. Okay. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that works, man. That's uh, that's five questions. I'll go ahead and tell you. And the very first question. Will you pick a franchise to make using the same name? I went with uh, Man of Actions. I thought it was a great franchise. Uh, it was funny because they always end up like this, and I didn't expect it this way either. Uh, utmost Fear. I went with, with Yogg on that one. The I'm also terrified of passing freaking trucks. <laughs> I, especially when it's raining. Like, it's just, ah! 
yeah. Uh, number three, what would be your ultimate Halloween revenge plan? I went with MOAs. Uh, just the idea of exploding children's heads, just popping and mm-hmm. just fake blood everywhere. Love it. Uh, of the five genres of horror movies, which one do you prefer and why? I went with uh, Yogs because phobias are just excellent. It's just a, that's a great plot and a great reveal at the end that racism was just <laughs> it's just fear. Um, oh, and, I can't, I, no, I can't. I can't do five, man. I already and you conceded it. Oh, I know. I had oh. nothing. I thought so, I, honestly. I mean, I thought I actually dominated the other four, so I was cool with. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So he conceded already. I have no choice, even though y- Yogg's answer was better regardless. Oh. But I got to give it to Yogg. He came through and he won this uh, five questions. Well done. Right. Well done thank to both you. of you. I would like to thank the Academy. <laughs> that was one of the best series of five questions we've had. Those were great questions. I'm impressed. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I was pretty certain I lost that one. I felt very uncertain after questions two and three, honestly. Yeah, I'm surprised I got number two. I don't even remember what my answers were. <laughs> so, <laughs> congratulations to me. Well played. Well, I guess that does it for our episode, our Halloween edition, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. If you liked it, you didn't like it, you got something to say, send it to us at moviebombsquad at gmail.com. Tweet me at Yoggins, Y-O-G-G-I-N-S. Or you can find us on the web, moviebombsquad.com. You can find us on Facebook. Look up Bomb Squad. We'll add you to the group, and you can participate in these crazy surveys. Maybe get your movie selected for the next episode in our community section. Whatever. Just try to hit us up at any of those spots. Uh, The next show, episode number 20? Yeah, I think it's episode number 20. We're going to be reviewing... John Travolta's masterpiece, his life's work, come to fruition. No, it's not Phenomenon. It is Battlefield Earth. <laughs> oh, man. That's going to be great. Oh, what my goodness. The, what does he call the people in it? The man? Man animals. Man animals. Um, <laughs> I've actually seen that. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. So thank you all for listening. Appreciate it. Yeah. Have a good day. Tune in next time. Stop it. Stop it. Happy, happy Stop, Halloween, it. Halloween, Stop it! Halloween, Halloween, Halloween! Stop it! Happy Halloween! Stop it! 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 St